You keep talking about a totem that, 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 that explains everything. Where is it? You're standing right next to it. The story of the Kalar. It greets us when we rise and helps make sense of the world. What does it say about the palace? The gods decided long ago that there would be two types of Kalar. Those who remember to plan our future and record our past, and, and those who forget to keep the work of the present continuing. It's convenient that some do all the work while others don't. That is not true. The palace Kalar remembers so the rest of us can be free. We have no past, no burdens. Strange New Takes. I'm your host, Adam Bowen, and with me, drawing on her forearm with a sharpie, is... <laughs> Emily Bowen-Marler. I missed that you had written that down. <laughs> Welcome to Strange New Takes. Today we'll be sharing a recap of the fourth episode of the second season of Strange New Worlds, Among the Lotus Eaters. Follow us on social media at Strange New Takes on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Tell your friends about the podcast and give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. And before we begin, we just want to remind you all, we are going to talk about this episode and spoiler the heck out of spoiler, spoil the heck out of it. And so, um, yeah, you might want to watch it before you listen to us, unless you're just, you know, don't really feel like watching Star Trek, but you just like listening to us talk. So you can do that, too. But just know we're going to spoil the episode and maybe some other episodes of Star Trek, because this one has a few callbacks. That it does. Uh, yeah, so as Emily said, this is Among the Lotus Eaters, uh, fourth episode of the second season of Strange New Worlds. Uh, it was first aired on the 6th of July, 2023. Uh, it's written by uh, Kirsten Beyer and Davy Perez, uh, dir- directed by Eduardo Sanchez. Uh, the in-universe date is uh, 1630.1 through 1632.2, which is the year 2259. Uh, and yeah, so at, at this point, oh, wait, I think I'm now supposed to say the episode summary. So we'll, we'll do that. (laughs) Uh, returning to a planet that dredges up tragic memories, Captain Pike and his landing party find themselves forgetting everything, including their own identities as he confronts a ghost from his past. Uh, and this is usually the point where we give our strange new takes. So, uh, Emily, do you have a strange new take for me? I don't really have a strange new take for um, life, except that this is the first time that I'm going to get to hear you talk about this new season of Strange New Worlds. Is that right? Have you been on any of the Strange New Worlds episodes yet this season? I'm sorry, my ears have been ringing, so I'm... Uh, has Strange New Worlds started? This is the first episode, isn't it? This is the fourth episode. Oh. But anyway, I can't even believe we've even seen each other since we've seen two of the episodes and we didn't talk about them. Oh, yeah. You even texted me specifically like, let's talk about these episodes. Right. And then we didn't because, you know, life. But so I just have to ask you, in lieu of my strange new take on life, how have you liked the previous three episodes of Strange New Worlds? Uh, I so let's see. Honestly, I don't really remember the first episode besides that I remember that it was fine, uh, good or something like that. Uh, But I think actually uh, episodes two and three, I really liked this season. Uh, Two, I felt like we were um, I mean, we've done a bazillion of these courtroom drama episodes Mm -hmm. uh, at this point, but I, I was I felt compelled by that story sort of throughout mm-hmm. it. And I thought it, it, it brought a lot of really interesting um, parallels to, to sort of like current dilemmas that happen between uh, uh, people and the, the movements that, uh, uh, that sort of swell up around them. And uh, uh, I either uh, just wanting to see sort of the movement further along or people that um, unfortunately end up getting kind of ground under the machinery of it all as sort of the, the example show trial type person. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I, I thought that episode just handled a lot of that really interestingly. Um, and actually the, the previous episode uh, tomorrow, tomorrow and or tomorrow yeah. and tomorrow yeah, and tomorrow. tomorrow. And tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, I think for me, that was uh, that was guardian of forever. Good. 
uh, or City on the Edge of Forever City Good. Mid- like, yeah. like uh, I, I almost immediately thought, um, like, oh, we're doing the, uh, we're we're doing the uh, going back in time and killing Hitler plot, but we're gonna have to save Hitler instead of uh, is it Edith Keeler? Yeah. Uh, which, uh, weirdly for me, I think made me enjoy the episode so much more because I I guessed that like uh maybe five minutes after they got to the past uh-huh. uh and uh then i was just excited to like have it be revealed <laughs> right. even though that removed the surprise i guess for me right. but uh yeah i i just i i thought it was really well done and i had a lot of fun during that episode yeah cool cool well i just was curious how you had liked those episodes try to think what my strange new take for this episode would be other than as I was watching it, I'm like, I'm sure I'm supposed to know what Rigel 7 is, but I just cannot dredge it up <laughs> in my brain. Like, I couldn't come up with it. I'm like, but I know I should know this. And so that, you know, prompted the um, memory alpha search uh, after the episode was over. Yeah. <laughs> so. as, as far like I did the same thing, as far as I can tell, it's it's the Tarkalian Hawk uh uh in terms of like planets we're like yes there there is no tarkalia we don't go and see their hawks but for some reason it's the only thing odo ever talks about right Uh, right. and similarly like rigel seven people just name drop it right Uh, they do people destroy records of rigel seven for some reason it's on people have screens all the time right uh people talk about visiting the castles in deep space nine of rigel seven after this episode i don't think i want to visit the castles of Rigel seven. Yeah, I don't think so. Although maybe it's better now because they've removed that asteroid. Yeah, I guess there's no, there's no forgettings, but like, mm. (laughs) (laughs) maybe that, that was the only reason the people were awful on that planet. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I guess we can dig into that. Uh, yeah. Uh, I feel like our, our strange new takes have bled into each other, uh, a whole bunch. They so I, I don't have. even know if yours has ended and mine has begun. I or don't not. know. This is, uh, we'll just, we'll <laughs> chalk it up to us being siblings. And <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. I, for, for my strange new take, I, uh, let's see. Uh, I spent the entire time thinking that I was, uh, uh, I, I was, I was trying to figure out, uh, who the actor, uh, actor for, uh, Luke was. Right. And, uh, for some, like, I don't know if uh, if Reed Bernie has any sort of uh, relation to the because I, I haven't looked up the actor for Gayle Bedecker in uh, Breaking Bad, but I kept on feeling like like I I'm pretty sure you were you did not play Gayle Bedecker, but you look <laughs> like you could have played like Gayle Bedecker's like brother or something like that. So, it w- but it, it, weird thing to associate someone with. Uh, he was Donald Blythe in House of Cards. I think that's why I know who he is. Yeah. Um, and was great in that. So, uh, and was good in this. So I I just, um, uh, yeah, good job. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so with, with that, uh, uh, I guess we can just kind of, uh, get into the episode a little bit. Um, so we, we start out, uh, with, uh, well, okay. Now I really am having the, the memory problems. Is this the episode where we start out with the sparring session between, uh, uh, no, no, that's the previous episode. That's the previous episode. So uh, this episode feels like it starts, could have been in this episode too. This episode starts off with Captain Pike um, preparing dinner for Captain Battelle. Yeah. Um, so she's coming over. I guess their ships are near each other, rendezvousing mm-hmm. for some reason. And so she's coming over for dinner, and they are just not able to make it happen because she he gets. Um, hailed and then she gets hailed and then she finds out the sad news that she was passed up for a promotion um yeah and so and pike is feeling responsible for that and so he uses it as an excuse to be like hey see you later yeah which i I mean it it does get into sort of the uh it's maybe it doesn't happen in every episode of of strange new strange new worlds but uh that there you do see those little threads of it instead of it being like a full season arc type situation that's happening all the time you you have maybe two maybe five minutes of each episode relates to like a previous episode mm-hmm. and 
like you could not have seen it, but if you did, you get that little bit of context uh, in there. And, and yeah, so uh, Captain Battelle was in the first episode uh, of uh, Strange New Worlds was also in the final episode of the season, Mm -hmm. uh, season one. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, was, was also in the, in season or episode two of this season, uh, sort of as the, um, I don't know the position of the person who's like with the judge advocate general, but yeah, she was the prosecuting attorney, I guess. So, yeah, I don't something know. like something, that. I've, yeah. I'm not a lawyer. I don't even know if these titles make any sense. Uh, cause my, ex- my expertise is from, uh, my mom would watch Jag, uh, <laughs> Uh, my mom being the same mom that is your mom. Yes. Uh, but yes. I was I was saying my mom for the benefit of the yes, audience. Understand. Uh, uh, Steve from Ohio. Uh, shout out to Steve from Ohio. Uh, I think is who. Is that uh, our it, uncle Steve? No, I'm just kidding. That might, that might be our uncle Steve from Ohio. Is is that who we were talking about? <laughs> I don't think so. I, I don't think he watches Star Trek. I we just might have, have even a changed the state. I I might just be saying Steve from Ohio because I know one. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so. Uh, uh, I, I appreciated having those those little bit, little bits of threads uh, mm-hmm. in here. Um, I guess. Uh, well, and it makes that it kind of so like we know Kirk or Kirk <laughs> uh, Pike had a little dalliance on the planet that kills that child. You know, the, yeah, the first servant in the great in the great episode called the planet that kills that child. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, but the um, so he had a little dalliance in that episode. Um, so clearly they're not exclusive, but, yeah. um, but I, I did like the way, so, so Captain Patel a little bit got on my nerves in the, um, in the courtroom episode. I can't remember the name at Astra, Perispera, anyway, mm. Aspera, whatever the Latin one. Um, so she kind of got my nerves in that because she was getting so emotional mm. about things but I think it's because like the stakes were really high for her for a number of reasons, and that was yes. probably part of it. Um, but like she was getting so mad and so objectiony, and so and I was just like, let's let the let's let the defense lawyer do her thing here. Like mm-hmm. I didn't really mm-hmm. think what she was doing was so offensive, and they were escal. I just felt like things were escalating really fast in a way that they for didn't sure. need to. So that was a little frustrating and annoying to me. But I like when they brought her into this episode. I kind of liked that. It just continued, like it just kind of fleshed it out a little more. So you feel like there really is something between she and Pike. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. I, I so think... it just kind of colored things from previous episodes in a way that I liked. Yeah. I, I, I think I agree with you. It's, uh, I, I mean, I guess we have a, we have a, de- a decent amount of this context from like the first episode where you get that sense of like, okay, they're both captains. And so mm-hmm. maybe they understand each other, but it, yeah, we kind of really didn't reference the relationship all that much in season one. Right. Uh, beyond that, so it 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 is nice to to get a sort of a reinforcement of like why this is a special relationship for both of them. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, I I think yeah, it, it like like you said the the uh, when I was sort of in the moment for season one, uh, and he had that had that dalliance, I was kind of thinking like, oh well, maybe they just like aren't together anymore. Right. And it seems like no, they, it, it's just that they they they're they're together when they have that 15 minutes or so uh uh uh, constantly getting interrupted by their crew about course corrections and things like that right right. um but yeah i i uh, i i I do um i appreciate when we uh when star trek gets into these storylines that are sort of uh talking about like the distance of that command forces upon you mm-hmm. uh because i i think there, there are just interesting storylines that we get whether it's from like picard's perspective or janeway has a lot of these kinds of uh uh struggles of uh uh like how, how like how you have a relationship with like a civilian in the terms of terms of mark or like how do you deal with relationships that may or may not be happening between you and potentially your first officer or things like that or a hologram uh, yeah or, you know. yeah <laughs> <laughs> but um but yeah so I, I i think it's interesting that we're we're doing that with with pike as well um and honestly uh as as uh i am uh maybe i am i will allow some of the shipping uh that that uh notches into into. (laughs) i'm very not into the shipping of uh una and uh and pike so i appreciate having a relationship 
that is preventing that from happening. And can uh, I just say, I was really glad to see that the kiss that was shown in the preview for the season is between these two and not between Una and Pike, because it almost looked like it was between Una and okay. Pike. And I, I was I, like, I still was having a, a bit of uh, worry in the back of my head. But if but having you confirm that I'm for me, I'm pretty sure I'm, it's not. Okay. I don't really want to go back and watch it, though, because I I mean, watch this the preview because yeah. I don't want to get spoilers for the season. Yeah, and so um, I didn't watch the preview and... that many times. I just mm-hmm. watched it one time and I don't want to like dissect it. But I'm I'm pretty sure because I was watching for it at the end. I'm like, OK, maybe this is the scene that they showed and it's not going to be Pike and Una because yeah. I don't want it to be Pike and Una because yeah. I like them being friends. And I think that's um, and especially anyway. like w- with how they developed that that relationship in this episode where she's like, I, I like her. No, I like yes. her for you. Yes. And, and like, I, I feel like they have a, a really, uh, I don't know, a, a, just a really good, like fully platonic relationship, right. uh, that, that feels, feels good to me. And, yeah. uh, yeah, it's just, I, I want, uh, I don't know if it's necessarily shows in general for, for whatever reason, I, I, in Star Trek often, I, I have the feeling of at least like, just because there's the boy and the girl, they do not have to kiss. Right, <laughs> Just exactly. because they're on, in scenes Especially together. Especially <laughs> in the 21st century, when we know it doesn't just have to be the boy and the girl, right? Yeah, so. yeah. Like, it, it's, it's uh, uh, which I, I guess make, maybe, maybe, like, weirdly, I'm then, I'm then more okay. Which I think, actually, this, uh, I have noticed it happening a lot more. And even in, like, we have, like, background characters uh, in, uh, in, like, this season where it's uh like they, it just uh um i forgot the name of the girl that was in that uh that planet that had the uh uh oriana oh uh, yeah Wait. i think that was the first episode of the season maybe uh where uh both oh, of her, her parents, parents. Were, were women yes so, yes, so yes, yeah yes. It, it's it's like a like from the that, gorn that kind of, the girl from the ship that had the gorn on it the, yes, the little girl yeah. there we go i just like lost all my ability to describe who she You're was having the why we knew anything about her but uh I, th- I think that star trek has been better about injecting that into stories and having it just be um not be the point but just yeah kind it's, of it's, an it's not the yeah, yeah. It's, it's not the point but it's also uh they're and they're not uh, yeah, it, it just it, it feels like we're, we're maybe like statistically we're making up for uh, for the obvious uh, omission over the course of several decades right. uh, of those kinds of relationships and stories. Right. Um, so, yeah, uh, good job so far. Uh, uh, Strange New Worlds and uh, and several of the other series as well, I think. Yes. Um, I think we need to mention, just in case we were getting ready to move away from this scene, because we don't need to spend a whole episode mm -hmm. just on this scene. But I think it's important to mention that uh, Captain Battelle, I can't remember her first name, um, that she gives Pike um, a necklace Mm -hmm. or, you know, some sort of pendant thing. um, And that becomes important later in the episode. But he also ends things with her because he is feeling like maybe somehow... he has some responsibility in her not getting that promotion um, because of the trial with Una. And so he's feeling some guilt, but he's allowing that to, you know, help him sabotage a relationship, which apparently is his way. Um, <laughs> as I think Una kind of, <laughs> kind of lets us know, yeah. like you always do this, you know, <laughs> but which I, I mean, makes sense if, if you are in that, that headspace of like you need to be putting like your crew in front of you uh in in front of like your needs all the time like i can see that being someone who who does that mm-hmm. uh it turns out that captain battelle is uh kind of like madonna where uh there's only just one name so uh <laughs> oh she doesn't have a first name no i i, I clicked on it on uh uh, uh memory alpha and it's just battelle uh oh, first name funny. captain um so there we go uh which I, I think makes me a, a little bit sad because I, I think they're I, not that I know anything about like actors guilds or anything like that. I right. think that there's a rule that if you like I have a f- like a full name, you get paid more. Uh, oh, I don't I don't know if that's real. Um, hmm. I don't know. Lots lots of things that I learned randomly through osmosis that may or may not be true. Uh, and I think that just is the case for everybody. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I I. I, I uh, it was a nice little bit of um, remembrance that uh, 
that that gift becomes something that's important mm-hmm. later on in the episode and yeah. uh, can sort of make that first scene important to the to the rest of it. Uh, well, and then we have the Enterprise getting hailed and they're sent on a mission to yeah. Rigel 7. Rigel 7, where have we heard of that before? Which I, I think is funny because it's, uh, they they also, well, they certainly remember it a lot better than we, the audience, do. But it it's kind of funny that a a planet that's been mentioned randomly in the background several times uh this is even though this is like the earliest star trek to talk about it it's not the first time that they've been there uh so it was like oh it's it's just like we have that in common like we both remember (laughs) rigel 7 for whatever reason well and you know what's really cool about this rigel 7 uh throwback so for those who don't know rigel 7 is the planet and if you go all the way back to the cage um Rigel 7 is the planet that the Enterprise just had a mission to Rigel 7, like a Mm. couple weeks before the cage starts. And uh, Pike lost a few crewmen on that mission, and he is just kind of feeling the weight of... I didn't get that context. So he's feeling the weight of that. Um, Because if you remember from the cage, he's not really... You kind of feel like he's he's, second-guessing being a captain. Like, he's like, is this really what I want to do with my life? And he has that conversation with Dr. Boyce, like, you know, like, and he pours him a drink. And so he's kind of counseling him through it. And and then they end up with the Telosians. And the Telosians Mm -hmm. have one of the... um, the one of the illusions, illusions that they create yeah. for for Pike and Vina is Rigel Seven, mm-hmm. and it's the you know the people from Rigel Seven you know coming to attack or whatever, and that you see the fortress on Rigel Seven, um, and so that fortress that we see in the cage is what they use as the reference for creating the fortress. So it's been built up since that, which makes sense because Mm. you know time is what's five years, I think. So I think it's two weeks before the cage is when Rigel seven happens. And then, I mean, is when, yeah, yeah. And then the cage happens and then discovery takes place three years after that, maybe. And Mm -hmm. then this is two years after Pike makes an appearance on Discovery. So just kind of yeah. giving that little timeline okay. of how we're going. Yeah. You, I, either you had better reading comprehension or I just like fully wasn't connecting the dots on, on that. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm glad that you I'm glad that you researched it in addition to yeah. me because I didn't connect it. So that. I research it by being part of I shouldn't do shout outs for other podcasts, but whatever. I'm part of the Mission Log Discord. And so a lot go. of nerds are on there and they are able to illuminate things for me. And I'm like, this is very helpful for my podcast <laughs> research. <laughs> so, but anyway, so that's how it got laid out for me. Cause I did look it up mm-hmm. um, it, on memory alpha, but it didn't quite give me that succinct. Yeah. Order the, of things. When I was reading so, it in memory, it was just like, it was mentioned in the cage. And, right. Right. And like they have this whole thing about how, it was going to be called like Rigel 153. Yeah, and yeah. then some uh, some astronomer is like, you should call it Vega 153 because Rigel's super far away uh, kind of thing. And then, yeah. And, and th- yeah, then it gets into like, well, in uh, the undiscovered country or something, it was shown to be in this particular place. Right. But now it's been corrected to be in th- into right. where like the actual Rigel sit and just like... <laughs> Uh, it was like uh, overloaded with like uh, context that was not the actual important to the story kind of thing right right Um, yeah we got to see like the number of revolutions that they have um oh yeah they talked about the orbital period uh, (laughs) yeah i was like wow it's 25.1 hours uh (laughs) in every day so that's that's interesting it's uh is it deep space nine that has a 26 hour yeah 26 hour day so yeah but so having to sleep weird amounts of time or something like that (laughs) exactly but um so it was very um uh oh anyway so but now we get to kind of see like in a more personal way how this really was traumatic for pike and you know now we see the faces of the Mm -hmm. crew members who died and and soon we're gonna see that you know maybe things didn't happen the way they thought they happened on Rigel 7. So they head yeah. off to Rigel 7. I'll let you pick up from here. I've like taken over the podcast. <laughs> no, 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 it's it's great. I, I mean, retroactively, I like the episode better already now that I, I, I like, I'm like, oh, it's cool that you said Rigel 7. It's not just like that you're saying a random place. 
right. uh, that we vaguely remember, um, <laughs> but isn't actually important. So, um, so yeah, it, it's it's a uh, uh, we we first land on the planet, and for, first of all, I think one of the things that it just it strikes me so often. I feel like if I were to change like one, th- and maybe I should change something else about Star Trek, but. Uh, th- this is one thing that consistently bothers me throughout the years is I feel like the special effects department does not read the script at all uh, because constantly the characters will say something about like how far away something is mm-hmm. uh, or ha- like uh, so they'll say like something is 27,000 kilometers off of the uh, the port or whatever or off the bow of the ship or whatever and it looks like it's right next to it uh or they'll say that something is uh yeah it, it, like usually it's it's like foreshortening all of these distances in this case they said as they're coming down on the on the planet that uh they're right by this asteroid impact uh but they're going but the settlement is a, a hemisphere away and that the whole planet probably was destroyed in this asteroid impact and so they're like, okay, we'll go undercover. But then they just show them landing right next to the volcano uh, as if they can walk a hemisphere's worth of <laughs> distance uh, in the course of a day, which they, they say that it's 20 kilometers. So it's just like like they're explicitly called out as being in different places. <laughs> but right. we the special effects team just like wants to show that volcano or that thing in the background. And so we, we do land them there. Yeah. Um, Oh, this reminds me. One thing I just want to mention before we go on, because I think this is another one that has a callback later in the episode, is Erica Ortegas was originally supposed to be on this away mission. Yeah. And then right before, right as they're getting ready, and she's super excited because <laughs> she usually doesn't get a chance to do this. And then right before they get ready to leave, Spock says, so yeah, this asteroid debris that's around the... Mm-hmm. Um, planet is actually pretty dangerous and it's going to require some very skilled you know manual flying whatever and erica's face kind of falls and she's like okay i'll stay on the ship anyway so erica isn't able to go but yeah. uh mbenga and laan and pike still go down to yeah. the which to the planet hot hot take uh they should have just parked the ship like higher up and maybe we wouldn't have had any of the problems on the Enterprise. <laughs> uh, but, but oh, oh, oh well. Uh, uh, Spock, Spock didn't think to to go through that little piece of data there. No. Um, but yeah, so uh, we we land on the planet, and we we learn pretty early on that uh, like there's something going on with Laon. Uh, uh, got some ringing in the ears and uh, a bit of concern o- over her health. And did she start um, doing this with her fingers? Like, was it a Ted Lasso moment? That's what I thought. <laughs> when I saw it, I was like, is she having a panic attack like Ted? <laughs> I mean, honestly, it, it wouldn't be that uh, like out of exactly, um, yeah, out of character for her because it, it's it, we, we do show her her character struggling with things occasionally, uh, mm-hmm. and definitely is someone who is sort of very reserved. So if we introduce panic attacks into uh, Laon. Uh, it's not a yeah. far stretch. Yeah, so it it, it it was definitely within the realm of possibility for this episode. That um, is not what it is. And yeah, so we so we chose uh, uh, Laon uh, and Mbenga for their combat experience, uh, which we know about his combat experience from the uh, the previous episode as well as the first episode of the season. Did anyone uh, feel like anyone? You, you're the only other person on this podcast with me. <laughs> but did you feel like um, Mbenga was like feeling a little vulnerable because he doesn't didn't have his super serum? with him you know oh, yeah. <laughs> he's like i don't i wait i don't know if i can fight without my drugs like <laughs> uh well they're, they're not klingons so uh so i, I guess maybe he, he's able to to uh beat him up anyway although uh i suppose he, he does just get himself shot pretty pretty early on so it doesn't actually get yeah get too much uh fighting going in because the i think the the major bit of uh fisticuffs that we see is between uh pike and one of them and then uh uh, Laon gets herself slashed by a uh, yes uh, by a guard, but I guess we're getting ahead of ourselves a we little are, bit. We, we, we end up we we see we we get towards the um, the castle, and by the way, uh, we the only reason we're on this planet is because there has been contamination from the Prime Directive oh, yes, uh, perspective. Uh, 
Uh, There's a big so, old delta being broadcast into space. Yeah, it, it, yeah. In the in the, the garden is the shape of a giant delta. Uh, and then similarly, they uh, they discover that there's one on the castle gates as well. Um, and also those people have phaser rifles. So there's uh, something uh, something is amiss. Uh, for it is sure. not just a little contamination that has happened. Yeah, which well, uh, it, yeah, it, definitely it, it was it started out started out feeling like it was maybe like, a oh, we dropped something or like maybe we left a data pad that like had information about Starfleet. But we discovered that. Literally, there's someone still alive, and he has made himself king, and yes. uh, uh, is sort of influencing this culture to uh, sort of place him at the head of it and give them lots of technology. Yeah, and Zach just likes to say, "So, oh, he he did not die; mm-hmm. um, he was left behind," um, and so he's really pretty pissed at Pike for doing that. And he says, "Rigel Seven changes people." And apparently it does because it turns this, you know, Starfleet officer into a power hungry, uh, unethical. (laughs) Yes, it does. (laughs) Uh, You know, uh, oligarch or whatever. I don't know. I don't even know oligarch's not the right word. Whatever. Despot. (laughs) Yeah, despot for sure. Uh, Yeah, because it's. I don't know. I, I think it's uh, I, I don't know that we need to uh, similar to the up to the characters. I have clearly gone through my own forgetting. And so, like, don't uh, I'm not uh, doing good at keeping track of the uh, exact sequence of events in this episode. Uh, I, I think along those lines, something that is interesting is that we see obviously it changes characters in the sense that they uh they like lose their memories and so and maybe there's more fear that they have but uh pike actually has a moment where he wonders if the person that it's revealing that he really is is like a violent uh person who's like focused on retribution or whatnot because we get pike uh uh putting on his like uh admiral archer uh shoes and uh trying to beat the crap out of zach and getting him like uh, getting close to uh, maybe not quite on the the sort of like torture him to to get him to uh, reveal information, but he gets pretty close, mm-hmm. uh, which is definitely a different look than we've seen Pike kind of ever get to. Uh, right. And especially when we don't necessarily Pike wouldn't necessarily have remembered that Zach was the reason he was doing the hard labor in the quarry or wherever they were, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. in the field. Um, and, uh, but he does, he, but I guess he kind of figures out he's the reason he's the person who's locked up their memories because there's a, a, we kind of skipped over. Um, so Laon and, and Pike and Mbenga all lose their memories overnight. Mm -hmm. Like, so they have no idea who they are. And there's someone, Luke or the vice president from house of cards. He comes and he kind of serves as a guide, um, Mm -hmm. for them to, to kind of help orient them and, um, he just says, oh, well, you must be from the fields or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so they kind of all go together and they start working together. But um, uh, Pike realizes he's like, you know, these aren't the hands of someone that works in a stone quarry. Although I wanted to say, yeah, but clearly you're someone who works with your hands because you had a big blood blister under your thumb at the beginning of the episode that oh, I geez. noticed when he took the... <laughs> That's because Anson Mount does do things with his... He's like working on stuff in his house That's, all the time. What he should have done is he's like, this is not the hair of someone who, who works <laughs> exactly. in the fields. Someone's like, if anyone needed to wear a hat in this episode when so, they're down someone that planet... Four hours styling <laughs> well you know i don't wear a hat when i've spent that much time on my hair either so yeah, uh, that's why go. pike wasn't wearing a hat he's like i can't mess up pike's peak but um uh so um he realizes like i don't think we're supposed to be here and so they decide to take on the guards and go back um and figure out a way to find out about these memories and so they take over the guards but then laon gets like you mentioned she gets yeah, slashed sliced. slashed across the uh uh I guess not not quite chest, not quite maybe the right right at the base of your ribs or something right, like that. Right. It looks like. So Luke takes them to I guess his hut. He's able to figure out where he lives. And yeah. so they try to take care of her and he's like, you know, you just need to let her go peacefully. 
and Pike and Mbenga are like, no, we feel like we're supposed to help her like this, you know, so the point that he was trying to make is, well, if you're feeling that way, that's because the remembering doesn't or the forgetting doesn't take away your feelings. Mm -hmm. It just takes away the details about why you have those feelings. Um, And so they're trying to figure out, okay, well, we need to get our memories back because we feel like this is not right. And and we need to save her and. Which, which that even has like a, a an interesting parallel that they do in the episode where uh, so he's constantly talking about how he's not quite as concerned about the facts, but it's the feelings that he lets mm-hmm. guide him. Uh, and up on the Enterprise, Spock is doing the exact opposite thing where he's, he's uh, uh, saying emotions are not facts uh, and is... Uh, guiding the enterprise in the wrong direction uh right. through uh by by talking about that so I, I i think there there is uh they're trying to tell us something uh in right. in this episode which is uh which is very interesting and i and i i like that um uh we sort of have spock around to uh sort of explore these ideas and whatnot which i mean is the purpose of having the like the emotionless vulcan like we should be learning something about humanity and like why we do things in a certain way um when and we so, find, oh, yeah. go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, we find out that the forgetting is happening because of some exotic radiation. They never say what kind of radiation it is. Yeah. Um, and then we also find out that the same thing's happening on the ship. So yes. first it's Uhura who is having that experience. And then Nurse Chapel's able to figure out that this is going to happen to everybody. And so then mm-hmm. Spock says, oh, let's make it worse and go into the asteroid <laughs> field. Um, <laughs> so yeah, obviously, it, that's not what he says. No, that's yeah, but that's it, what well, happens. Yeah, because he, he, he calls out that there are, um, I think he, he thinks that there is like shielding properties like of the asteroid field. And it, what he's actually measuring are that it has the same thing that's causing everything. Right. right. Uh, which is interesting. But... Um, but yeah, I, I guess that there, I'm trying to think if there's a lot of um, uh, other episodes where like the whole thing is like clearly Spock's fault uh, <laughs> or like that he's Galileo making kind of seven. bad call uh, after after bad call. Galileo uh, seven. Is that uh, remind me that's of the, the context shuttle. of that? That's, it's a I think it's a fairly early episode in the original series where Spock is leading an away mission on the Galileo shuttle and mm. um he like is making decisions based strictly on logic and yes. I can't remember the details okay. of it, yeah. but, but it that kind of goes awry. Um, and he realizes, uh, that he needs to allow, um, the human side of him to bear, have to come to bear on some of his decision making mm-hmm. as all as well. Um, yeah, but, yeah, no, yeah I, that does sound familiar to me now. So yeah, I guess that, that does get into the, um, uh kind of what, what you and Notch were talking about last time is that the uh uh Stranger New Worlds does feel like it's it it is digging back into that kind of the original series territory in terms mm-hmm. of like the kinds of stories that it tells. Mm-hmm. Uh it's just like ones where like women are allowed to be captains and right. uh, <laughs> things like that. <laughs> It's so, just kind of yeah. let's let's pretend this wasn't written in the 60s. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. Like. <laughs> Which uh, on, I'm so far. I'm fully I'm fully here for yep, it. I, yep, yep. I, I love the uh, sort of the, the, the looser uh, guidelines around like, oh, we, we don't need to go into like uh, 15 minutes of uh, like what's going on with such and such race in the uh, Star Trek canon or whatnot. We can just mm-hmm. have a cool sci-fi story about right. uh, something so right. um so yeah um i'm trying to think what we have oh so we have pike and mbenga deciding that they're gonna try to go get their memories back because this totem that's in the hut is telling them um that i mean like it, it kind of has like the legend of what happened mm-hmm. and so um and the people on the planet have found a way to explain it so they're not angry and wanting to go fight the people in the fortress Mm-hmm. Um, all the time for it. they just kind of accept that this is the way it is, but you know, obviously our our steadfast crew of the Enterprise they can't accept it for the, what it is. They know there's something else going on, and so they make it back. But it's only Pike that makes it back in because Mbenga gets shot. Um, right? Is that when he gets shot? Yeah, yeah. He he gets yeah. shot and sort of is is waiting outside. Which but then at this. Oh, go ahead. I, I mean, apparently all they had to do was uh, the first two guards that they beat up in the. Uh, 
uh, when they were in the fields, like cutting wood and, and breaking stones, they just needed to put those helmets on and they, they would have exactly. been fine. Exactly. Uh, um, so we find out while Pike is confronting Zach that the fortress is what is able to protect their memory. So mm-hmm. anyone who's inside the fortress or has the helmet on their head is um, able to remember who they are and remember the details um, and the people that are outside are not able to remember. And it's because of this exotic radiation. Now, I don't, I don't remember if Zach said it was because of the asteroid that hit or I can't remember, but they just know that the fortress seems to protect mm-hmm. them from it. And so and then he's like laughing at Pike because Pike believed the fable or the myth that had been built up around it. Oh, yeah. That uh, somehow the their memories were located somewhere. And he's like, no, that's not the way it works. But then Pike is able to discover some medical supplies um, and some of the some of the Starfleet things that were left behind. Mm-hmm. Um, and like Adam mentioned, uh, you know, looks like he maybe is going to get close to um, offing Zach. Uh, yeah. And fortunately gets his memories back. Right. Doesn't he get his memories back? Yeah. Yeah. He, he gets them like while he's holding the uh, the armed phaser right. like, at, at his at his head. And it seems like. He's he's either about to shoot him or is about to start like really wailing on him. Right. And um yeah, so that that's uh uh it 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 is interesting that um so the it seems like Zach has kind of designed the totem legends uh in order to sort of placate the field Kalar so that they don't have this, the desire to come into the palace. But like w- weirdly even though the memories aren't stored in a casket it's kind of as it like it's it's not that wrong of a legend because right. the moment he he comes back he does get his memories back after a while um so i th- uh, i think my pro tip to zach would be don't have the legend say that they can get their memories back at all just say that field kalar inherently can't get memories right uh, the the end uh because the then, <laughs> then they, they won't try to storm the castle um, right but yeah so Oh, and I, I feel like we should jump back to the ship really quick because so I will have to say this was one, another one of the criticisms that I've been seeing about this episode mm-hmm. was we're a little worried, we being Star Trek fans, that this is the Erica Ortegas episode. Now, uh, Erica Ortegas had some really cool things in this episode, but yes. it didn't give us anything more about her character, the things that we already know. We already know she's a badass pilot. And yes. um, and that she's confident and that, you know, we, we already know this stuff about her, but it was a nice episode to see her shine. Um, yes. So she forgets who she is, you know, and she's like sitting at the at the um, at her station and she's like, I don't know what this is. I'm going to go away. And yeah, <laughs> and yeah, to, yeah. I want to go home, you know. <laughs> so she gets the computer to help her find her quarters and she eventually finds her quarters and everyone on the ship, no one has no idea who they are. Spock can't read the notes that he made about himself and, you know, it's all it's all a big mess and they're all I, probably going to die. And... I, I, I do love the... Uh, I mean, yeah, Star Trek every so often will have like an episode where like they're talking to the computer as if the computer's supposed to know, but the computer like doesn't really understand them. I feel like th- this is like one of the better ones that, it, that I remember seeing where it, the, the computer like it it's like programmed to be helpful but it, it's right. clearly not sentient at all right uh, but just like gets into this like she's like i'm eric or i'm eric ortegas affirmative yes. <laughs> i pilot the ship affirmative yes. it's just like the yes. ship is like doesn't really know what's going on but it's it's slightly smarter than siri and just knows <laughs> to, to say something slightly affirmational <laughs> right right so erica is like sitting in her quarters and she's freaking out because of all the asteroids hitting the ship and she doesn't like it and she tells the computer to stop and the computer's like i can't make it stop Basically, but you can. I, I yeah, mean, it goes yeah. a little more eloquently than that. Cannot but, comply or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so then she, Erica, figures out who she is and what she does. And so she has her, I'm Erica Ortegas. I fly the ship. I'm Erica Ortegas. I fly the ship. <laughs> She's just very excited. And I'm trying to kill a bug that's flying around my head. Um and uh, but so it was, I was reading someone mentioned that it reminded them of Inigo Montoya in the princess oh. bride hello yeah. my name is inigo montoya you killed my father prepare to die but like that where you just kind of get that mantra going to mm-hmm. just to rev yourself up and and get yourself going and and so that was kind of cool and so yeah. she was able to to just you know plow through and and do what she needed to do to not just fly the ship but to save the ship um 
And so she, they figured out that they needed to get out of the asteroid field Mm -hmm. um, because it was emitting this radiation. And, and so that was happening. That's what was happening on the ship while simultaneously uh, Pike and crew were trying to figure out how to get their memories back. Mm -hmm. Which I I mean, honestly, like I, I can understand where people are coming from. If, if like being a little frustrated, if this is truly like the Erica Ortega's episode, Mm -hmm. Uh, because kind of from that perspective, it's a little bit, um, I don't know if you ever read uh, uh, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, I I think, is it, are the characters in Hamlet? I think so. Uh, yeah, but it, essentially it's... It, or the, Macbeth, I can't remember. They're yeah. in one of those. <laughs> yeah, one of those where probably everybody dies. I think that's probably most of them. Right. Uh, but the uh, uh, kind of the joke of that play is that the the characters kind of don't have anything else about them. Like they, they are just those two characters and there's no other backstory to them except right. that they're, they're supposed to play that, that role. And it's, this is like a little bit close because it, it's like... We literally learned nothing else about Eric Ortegas except that Eric Ortegas is the pilot, and right. it seems to be that that's the only thing that she thinks about either. Right. Which, I, I mean, it was this was certainly a fun episode, but that does kind of stink if it, if that's right. like the the only development is just like yes, she is a one dimensional character, and it's just well, and that it's, that's funny in some circumstances. Yeah, yeah, but it's like so they have just dropped enough little crumbs over the course of the show, the series, I mean, mm. that that clearly she and Pike have some former working relationship. Like, or there's yeah, some yeah. there's some connection between them from the past just because of the way they um the way they interact with each other. And Ortegas yeah. gets away with saying things to him that I think probably other crew members maybe couldn't. Oh yeah. Um, the, the uh yeah the, the, there's some sort of thing about like whether whether some they should get uh inappropriately close to something i i can't remember what the, right, what the quip right. was but yeah it was something that was like mm, you shouldn't say that to your boss right. uh but you could say kinda, to your friend does anyone know i kind of get a big brother little sister vibe yeah from i could them. see that it's kind of sure. how it mm-hmm. kind of how it plays but so anyway there's clearly something that they're hinting at so i want them to tell us like like yeah. we've gotten a laon centric episode and we learned a lot about laon we've mm-hmm. gotten a number one centric episode and we've learned a lot about number one you know like we've learned a lot about um we've learned a lot about um uhura we found you know we know about her yeah. family and her parents mm-hmm. and um you know so so we've gotten a lot of information about other characters but we really have never gotten that about erica ortegas um, which is unfortunate because I think she's kind of a fan favorite. I think people really like her. And yeah. so, and, and I mean, you know, maybe hopefully. this is one of those things where it's sort of the weakness of they, they started writing or they started working on this season filming this season before they even released right. uh, season one. So they, uh, you'll hear the, the creators often talk about like, okay, well, we're just like, we, we thought we would do the second season, but it's the same, it's the same stuff, but like bigger and more right. Uh, right. type stuff. But they, they weren't able to, I think it's one of those things where if they had that bit of a, a pause between the seasons and were able to write the second one after the first one came out, they probably would have recognized some of that feedback from the fans of right. like, oh, they want us to fill out Eric Ortegas. Like, they're excited about this character specifically. So, like, let's give her a backstory. So it would surprise me if this turns out to be the Eric Ortegas episode for this season, if season three really does do something where they where they flesh her out and whatnot of course everything is all sort of up in the air now with the um uh the writer's strike and the uh i'm not sure if the actor and director strike has actually uh resolved itself i don't think it has i don't think they've gone to strike yet i think they haven't striked yeah so but it's it's, it's at least it's a potential yeah it's close but um, and you know what they should i'm so pissed off at paramount plus right now for what they've done with um like i don't care about your contracts you should you should strike because of (laughs) because of what they did to prodigy Prodigy. (laughs) (laughs) but it's a symbol it's it's like or it's emblematic of what is problematic about um studios right now um, and and the yeah. way that um, art is being disseminated and produced, and that you can just or or not disseminated for right tax exactly. Reasons. Like you could, you can go ahead and create it and make this whole thing, and then just throw it away so no one ever gets to see it, and that's really unfortunate. I'm very thankful that my husband just brought me my power cord because. Nice. We talked for a long time before we hit record. We did. <laughs> <And> my computer <laughs> is like, hmm, I need some power. Um, but uh, so, yeah, anyway, um, 
which which meant slight slight related thing uh, uh mini mini or interruption to the episode discussion uh i'm kind of worried that they will ne- that we will never see season two of prodigy i know i am too i think there it, there does like, seem to potentially be that we will be able to get the second half of season one again on blu-ray um, they oh, so have they it only, for, did they only release first half of season one? They only released the first half. So, and it That's almost wild. sold out instantly. Yeah. But now it's like I, I finally I found it on DVD and I bought it because mm. I was waiting until the whole thing came out before I bought it on yeah. Blu-ray. Yeah. Um, and so, well, and also I didn't feel compelled to buy it when I had easy access to it all on yeah, and was already streaming services. For much we pay them per month or right, or per but year. apparently yeah. they just want to disappear these things and not, yeah. you know, let us ever have them again. And you know, it's pretty crappy of them to cancel Prodigy and then remove it so quickly from the platform so no one could watch any more of it. Um, but anyway, yeah. it, there season two is available for pre-order on some at some places like Target and some other places. But um, but now I'm like, gosh, well, probably I'm going to have to buy Discovery soon because maybe they'll take Discovery off once season five airs. And mm. so I better get this is why I have all of Star Trek pre, uh, you know, pre Discovery on uh, disc. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I, I was but, I was ready to. to th- I mean, people have been telling us to to like buy physical uh, media of the things that you care about because yep. like you can't count on the streamers and we're like no Netflix they can just take it away from you even yeah, though you like, paid money for it they can yeah. take it away from you because I mean, so. it, it's yeah and I, I think probably it's it's people are thinking from like this has happened before in, in various instances maybe more often in like uh, games and whatnot where mm-hmm. uh, like a, the new console comes out and it's not compatible with the previous version of a game or, or with the previous console's games uh, but then the company goes under or the publisher goes under for a game. And so then uh, you can't legally get it anywhere anymore. Or like you have to make like your copy from 1997. You need to keep it. Uh, but mm-hmm. then the console itself dies and uh, things like that. It's uh, uh, sort of preservation of these um, like works of art and, and whatnot is uh, a uh, it's. But yeah, it's not certain. Like you, you, right. you need to uh, have some way to to count on it when, especially when you don't actually own it. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, uh, I, I I guess get, getting into the the rest of the episode. Um. <laughs> so uh, we uh, uh, Erica's flying is she not only knows how to use like the thrusters and the uh, impulse and whatnot is able to operate the phasers in probably like some of the fanciest flying that I've seen happen in Star Trek, except mm-hmm. for maybe Picard season three. <laughs> yeah. uh, so and that was a machine doing that. Yeah. <laughs> <That's> data, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, uh, I, I don't, I don't think they're kidding when they say that uh, Erica is pretty good. Um, but yeah, so I, uh, what I think the uh, only one thing is sticking in my, my head in terms of like the, uh remaining bits that we haven't we haven't touched on and that that is the idea that what luke brings up is that uh he knows that he has experienced loss of some sort because he uh sort of in following his emotions he knows that he's missing something uh Mm -hmm. but he sort of has that stance of i don't want to know specifically what it is because i i still feel the loss and knowing exactly what happened I don't know that how that's going to help me. Right. Um, and I, I thought that was a really interesting, uh, it's just, just a really interesting concept to, to try to try to grapple with. Um, did you get shades of eternal sunshine of the spotless mind? Have you seen that movie? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, one of my favorite movies. We, we yeah. watch it almost every year. Yeah. So I just, I saw, I thought of that as we started talking about this part, I was like, mm-hmm. Oh, that's kind of like that. Yeah, and it's uh, so. It, and it's. I need I guess my it's a, pain. Wait, that's not Eternal Sunshine. It's <laughs> mine. That's Star Trek Five. But you know. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's. I, I think it's. It's. A, it's an interesting exploration of like the value of pain and and mm-hmm. sort of like learning, like getting as much information as you can and whatnot. Because there's definitely instances in like in our own lives where you're like, well, okay, I I didn't really need to go down that rabbit hole. Like I, I like I still felt bad at the the end of that. But mm-hmm. I I think that. Um, it is an interesting illustration of uh, how 
even if you're you're not comforted by like that the pain isn't isn't there anymore but at least like being able to like know who who it was that he had lost and like the sort of their stories and and whatnot uh it i i I thought it was it was really well done uh and well acted that he was as he was sort of sitting there in like what while the rest of the crew was like was sort of getting happy about like okay great we're like we're solving this crisis we're we're about to beam up back to the enterprise and whatnot and just realizing that he's just sort of sitting there dealing with uh the revelation of like what happened to his family Mm -hmm. and uh what he had missed and the fact Mm -hmm. that he he doesn't regret uh uh yeah knowing which i I thought was was really uh was just like a a powerful scene that was just a little bit of a throwaway kind of thing in the episode but it it Mm -hmm. just uh i i thought it was it was a great um thing to to sort of bring into it well, the I was say the and another thing. So we talked about like Pike having this moment of wondering like who he really is based on what he was about yeah. to do when he didn't have mm-hmm. his memories. But also, he while he doesn't have his memories, he knows that this thing he wears around his neck means something to him. Yeah, and it was given to him by someone who really matters to him. So it's through that experience of losing his memories that he realizes that maybe what he has with Captain Battelle is more important than he realizes and means yeah. more to him than he realizes. And so that was a good um, lesson for him to learn. Yeah. And it, good good use of characters like teaching each other lessons from kind of mm-hmm. opposite angles. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that was nice. And then, um, well, we have the way the episode ends is um, I don't know how this is not a violation of the prime directive, but it's an example of how the prime directive you know how we talk about wibbly wobbly timey wimey <laughs> with um, Doctor Who and with Star Trek, um, yeah. but they're also a little loosey goosey with the Prime Directive. <laughs> so I love Pike's comment, like like I can't remember a Spock that says, "Are you sure that we should be removing this asteroid um, from the planet?" You know, oh, yeah. And Pike's comment is like, you know, this um, their evolution from uh because yeah, the asteroid hit their planet was it natural and i was like like yes it yeah the moment that he said it i'm like yes it was literally yeah. it was yeah like like tell <laughs> we, that to the dinosaurs like yeah <laughs> <laughs> and also like there, there's uh i mean i guess the enterprise has often like prevented uh asteroids and whatnot but i don't think it's well, usually they did it last season right the comet right yeah did yeah but, but it, i feel like it's well and th- that one i think they were able to prove like that it it wasn't natural or, right. or or whatever right. and that that's was true. sort of their, ex- their excuse uh but i i feel like there have been a few times where like picard or, or some others where like they've prevented a disaster and oh, yeah they've they've sort of been like oh we're yeah this is this is violating it but like i don't want to kill a million people right, uh, right. as like the the reason <laughs> so just like well and, and, and then to have spock be like i see the sound the soundness or your your logic is sound I'm like no it's not <laughs> Yeah. Okay, but that's why he says, I feel your logic is sound or something. Cause Ooh, so good, there was yeah, a good, feel good in there. there. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. But you know, this, this also shows why the line of questioning two episodes ago that Nira was, is it Nira or Nila? I can't Nira, remember. I believe. Yeah. Uh, that she was giving to, uh, is it Commodore April? I can't remember what his, um, I think he is Commodore. Is. Yeah. Yeah. So when she was questioning April about his missions and places where he had violated the prime directive, that was ac- absolutely an appropriate line of questioning, given what the what the issue was. I know this wasn't a trial about the prime directive, yeah. but it was a trial about how you're following Starfleet or Federation rules and regulations. Yeah. And and um, anyway, so it's just I just thought that was kind of funny that, you know, so here two episodes later, we have an example of how they just kind of whatever prime directive, schmime directive. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, which, which I, I, I guess uh, again, because uh, I would rather talk about episode two than episode four. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I thought it was really uh, one thing that I really appreciated about how they were using uh, sort of genetic uh, modification as a, um, it, it, like the, it, it's not exactly talking about like uh, trans rights or whatnot. It's not exactly right. talking about race or, or whatnot. Right. Uh, I, I thought something that was really compelling about the story was that we were able to see, uh, like we were able to sort of, yes, paint uh, uh, Commodore April maybe in, in a bad light, but honestly, like the things that he says, like you can 
a hundred percent understand why he is so terrified of yes. uh, like genetic engineering and, and things like that. Like it, you, it's not just a story about how all these dumb people are prejudiced or whatnot. Right. It, 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 it digs deep into the uh, sort of like their justifications and fear and trying to figure out. Uh, and I think that's kind of why the episode ends up with that. Like let's carve out this one space for like this one person mm -hmm. because it, it, it's very much showing that like that uh, at least in that instance, like, People feel all sorts of different ways and they have reasons for feeling that way. Right. And, right. It's, and I just thought it was a uh, it's very interesting for I, I feel like uh, all the time Star Trek is is looking to kind of just like put up the straw man argument for things of just like uh, like m all money is bad or, or, mm -hmm. or, or like it's better if we if it just like doesn't exist at all. It's like, well, but how do we <laughs> how, how, do, how do we do anything to get from like where we are to like where Star Trek is and, and whatnot. Right. And I thought that that was a good example of Star Trek letting something be really complicated mm -hmm. and have us be have very complex feelings about it and mm -hmm. not fully resolving it and telling us like fully the answer. Mm -hmm. um, but just like understanding that the struggle is like the big thing that we're all here to explore. Yeah. So uh, good stuff. Yeah. Uh, thank you for coming to, to see us talk about episode two. <laughs> <laughs> or hear us <laughs> uh, oh my cool. goodness uh, is there anything else that you want to uh, bring up about episode uh, 4 if we want to or we can switch back to episode 2 and just kind of go <laughs> I think well I think basically now I think we've covered most of it Patel mm -hmm. and Pike decide he apologizes to her um, and I think that it's, it, at least it feels to me like they decide to make a go of it like yeah, you know at what? least for the next 30 minutes. Right, um, right. So, so. Um, you know, and kind of see see how things go, but not to end it mm -hmm. um, and to not be scared of of the complications that are mm -hmm. fraught within that. So, um, yeah. Yeah, and it, it felt like a very strange new world's kind of way to end that because I mm -hmm. de definitely would have been fully understandable if she were like, uh, no, no, thank you. Uh, hey. you, you've already shown that like you're you're willing to just like drop me at the at like the moment you get a little bit scared so i'm i'm gonna go be on my ship and be fine right uh, but it, i i think that uh uh strange new worlds is, is definitely it doesn't feel like it's often a show to kind of leave you with just like the emotional devastation is like the last thing you see in an episode mm -hmm. and that's kind of like where they except like, last week with laon oh my gosh did you not i was like yeah sobbing on the couch with her <laughs> yeah yeah, oh ab gosh. absolutely. But it, it, at least the the sort of the overall tone still tries to get get us into like we can fix things, we can right, uh, right. Uh, like we we're empowered to like make things better and and stuff like that. So, right. um, so yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, with with that, I guess are are we ready to give our ratings? Sure. Uh, do you want to stick your neck out here, or should I? decide what i'm reading and then <laughs> you know so i i feel like i give all episodes of star trek strange new world like the same rating or pretty close so i think i'm just going to give it a four out of five because i liked the episode and i feel like strange new worlds is so good and it brings up so much conversation that i feel like i really can't give it below that even though i yeah, know yeah. our fellow co-hosts are they have no problem with giving its lower scores than i give it but um you know even the episodes that are kind of like where I'm not quite sure mm -hmm. once I get to the end of it, I'm like, no, you know what? I think I liked that. Like last week's episode, I wasn't quite sure for most of it. And then the last 10 minutes I was like, Oh no, that was, I think I like this episode. And then the amount of conversation that I had following the episode was, I mean, like it was crazy. Yeah, I was like, yeah. well, clearly this episode had an impact, but I thought this was pretty cool. The ways that they used Rigel seven and mm -hmm. kind of fleshed out what was happening in the cage and gave us a little more. It was great yep. character development for Pike. And you just reminded me of why I'm going to rate it higher than than what I right. was planning on. So. Yeah. So um, it was a great Pike episode. And it just gave us a lot. So that's why I'm hoping this isn't the Erica Ortega's episode. Because it's really the Pike episode. Like, yeah, like yeah. his is the character that really gets developed in this episode. Um, on a whole number of levels. And yes. also retroactively developing his character from... Uh, the, from the cage and so yeah. i just really appreciate that well, and, and it's and it's a, one of those callbacks that when i learned more about it it made me smile so big so yeah and and, and i think at least based on the pattern of other episodes in, in this series like th there's no reason that this has to be the eric ortega's episode mm -hmm. because we it, they usually do give 
uh, each of the main characters gets some time in the limelight, even outside of their own like special right. episode or whatever. Right. So. Right. Uh, we've certainly had lots of development of La'an even this season, even though maybe Mm -hmm. last episode was like her episode. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And so holding out a little bit of hope for for Erica or or Ortega's for sure. Um, Oh, and also this episode, I have to give it at least a four because it finally has the pike I've been waiting for because I've been sad that we've had just a little bit of pike in the previous three. But this one, we've got, we got a lot of pike in this episode. We absolutely did. So yeah, I, I I think I was going to go with a seven. I'll go with an eight because honestly, that is really cool that we connected this in with uh, like lines from the cage and Mm -hmm. and whatnot. It's just like, it's been a little bit too long since I've seen that episode. So (laughs) I fully didn't uh, connect that together. So uh, I think with, with that, uh, we're probably ready to go into the, uh, the end credits here. So I, Uh, I want to thank you, Emily, for uh, being my co-host today. Yeah, thanks, Adam. This was fun. I want to thank uh, Notch, Bill, and Rudy for uh, being co-hosts at other times, uh, certainly (laughs) filling in for me over the past four months, or four weeks, (laughs) not four months. Uh, It has not been that long. But uh, yeah, so it's, uh, I'm I'm just glad we have an excuse to talk about Star Trek every week. It's fun. Uh, And thank you, listeners, uh, especially uh, Steve from Ohio. And Steve from some other state, if I forgot what the joke was last time and had just replaced <laughs> it with my uncle. Uh, so uh, furthermore, I want to give thanks to Jishnu Guha for our theme music. Uh, it's great hearing that guitar. We'll see if I, I time it, it up it's properly. It's the best theme music of any podcast ever. Love it. Uh, and I want to give a special thanks to uh, those silly little helmets uh, that those guard Kalar, uh, palace Kalar wear. Uh because uh, it protects their brains, and I think that's good. Yep, it is. Uh, thanks, everybody, and bye. Bye. Bye.